to another edition of We Want to Talk About It Now. We got Alex and Steven here to chat NBA free agency trades, what the season is shaping up to look like for 2021-2022. Steven, uh, I know that you just mentioned that you have not been super up to date, but it seems like you are with all of the free agency stuff going on. But what what are yeah, you ex- I, what are you excited I, I about? Still watch, I still watch NBA news all the time. So me not being that up to date is still more up to date than most people. <laughs> but you know, yep. Um, I'm pretty pumped with like. Here's what's weird. So I'm a Lakers fan, and obviously a lot of stuff that's been going on has been Lakers related in terms of free agency signings. There's nothing yeah. that's getting me incredibly excited right now. Like even like my brother texted me and he's like, that's congratulations on getting Westbrook. I'm like three players that cost $120 million. Two of the three who I'm very confident can deliver in the playoffs. One I'm less confident about. And then just surrounding them with Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk. I'm pretty pumped about. I think that's a good, uh, a good signing. Taylor Horton Tucker, not pumped on that. I mean, that's a lot of money for someone who's played a few good preseason games. Uh, I believe that they ended up giving him three years, 30 million around there. So not stoked on that. And then who else do they still got Mark Gasol like- under contract for another year? So we'll see what happens. I like him. I just don't know. $10 million. That's a lot of cap room that you that you just throw yeah. into the garbage. Yeah. Taylor Horton Tucker, though, is a really good, like, Really solid second round pick, you know. Yeah, um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Like a lot of a lot of those changes have gone on. No real like. Drafted? I can't remember. I honestly don't know. Um, and then who else do they get? Like somebody else, and I'm just like, why? Why are we getting these types of? I guess I could just pull it up as opposed to just guessing. But there's a number of players. I'm just like, <sighs> all right, here we are. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. Oh, Carmelo. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Great. We got a, uh, we got Carmelo Anthony uh, on the Lakers now too. And then That's we, cool. we got a, uh, we got Wayne Ellington and Kate Kent Bazemore. Our team's going to be so yeah, good. Wayne Ellington. Gosh, dang. Wayne Ellington is still playing. Ex- That's the correct response. That's the perfect response. Steven, I thought the same thing. Oh, he still has a career. Well, great. I'm glad he's on the Lakers now. And then we lost Caruso to the Bulls. So we'll see what happens. There's really nothing. There hasn't been anything that has made me go, what a game changer, except the, like, this is going to be so weird. The Warriors getting Otto Porter Jr. on a veterans minimum deal. Mm -hmm. I think that's a sneaky good signing for them. He's uh, I think they signed him for one year. So he has a lot to prove. And if he can remain, the the answer being, if he can remain healthy, he is playing for a contract for next year. Also, um, he's a a good player to put on that team, I think. They're a team that that they're about spacing and ball movement, and they shoot a lot of, like, uh, I mean, they have a balanced attack, but, you know, um, they, they shoot a lot of jumpers. And um, they they get good quality shots and stuff. I think Otto Porter Jr. is is going to do really well. Man, and then like the Mills agreement—that's great for the Nets. 
this is okay. Maybe this is where I want to start. I know I'm kind of all over the place right now. What does this mean for all of the NBA? What has changed now that Lowry's on the heat? Uh, <laughs> they re-signed Jimmy Butler and Robinson. Conley re-signed with the Jazz. Kemba Walker, after being bought out by OKC, is going to the Knicks. Like, what does this mean for the NBA? I don't think much has changed. The Lakers are still a great team, even though they lost a lot of stuff. I don't think the Suns are any better than they were this year, especially now that everyone's going to be coming back healthy. The, it's still well, the, the Bucks mean, and Nets mean, out in the East. That means the Lakers, for the Lakers, it means uh, uh, just by, just because of how much talent uh, and experience they have on their team. Uh, I think the Lakers are serious contenders again. Um, I, I'm not so sure about their, spacing how that's going to work but uh they're going to be a really good team uh even as they're working out the kings you know yeah and then i guess like another sneaky it's not sneaky though um collins re-signing with the hawks they had to do that he is phenomenal five years five years 125 million and he deserves every penny of it yeah i'm looking forward to watching them next year but once again with every all everyone being healthy, I feel like it's going to be. I think we're shaping up for one of the best NBA seasons in a long time. Is coming up here because yeah. even though I do think that it's Bucks, Lakers, Nets as like kind of like the top three of the thirty mm-hmm. teams, it's still mm-hmm. going to be dogfights during the regular season. The games are going to be a lot more fun. That is if people aren't resting as frequently as they have been. Um, I've kind of just ridden ridden off the Clippers. They'll, they'll probably make the playoffs. Kawhi probably won't be there for most of the season. We'll see yeah. what he is when he comes back. But I think it's going to be a we're, – we're ready. We're run, ramped up for a nice, fun season. Yeah. Um, I like what the Bulls did, even though they're not going to be championship contenders. I think they're going to be a lot more dangerous than I've been hearing a lot of people say. Um, there, I think they – have some good pieces on that team um, and they definitely have enough talent uh, that I think they'll be a middle of the pack playoff team. So if, they, if, if, if their core players uh, can stay healthy, Vucevic, DeRozan and uh, Levine. So. I agree. I agree. Man, are you not so sure about how they're going to do defensively, but they're going to be a successful team. I'm trying to think who, who, who got better? Like which teams, I know that you just mentioned one, but which teams are better right now? Do you feel the Lakers, the Bulls, you you think the Lakers are better than they were last year? Yes. uh, (laughs) It is very possible that they're going to be better. Um, well, I mean, that you could say that for every single team, right? (laughs) It's very possible. Well, no, 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 you can. I think the Lakers, um, uh, uh, they have a, the only reason I say it's possible that they like very possible that they will, uh, be better, uh, this upcoming season than they were last season is, is basically because of the amount of experience and talent they have on their team 
And yeah, uh, they're a little top heavy. You know, uh, they've got what I mean by that is, um, you know, they've got Westbrook and LeBron and AD and it kind of seems like uh, they sort of just put some really talented players on a team together. But with how much experience and talent those guys have, uh, and don't forget they got Carmelo, um, and he is one of the best vets in the NBA because he's an all-time great. Um, like, uh, that's a really good signing. Plus, he's he is really close with LeBron, you know, and has been for a long time. I, I just think that's going to be end up being a really good signing for them, Denny Mello. And um, so, yeah, that's why I think the Lakers could end up being better than they were. Um, they could easily end up being better than they were last season. So I'm just going to run through the list of the, the free agents that are remaining that are notable. These are going to be a hodgepodge mix of unrestricted and restricted free agents. Kawhi still hasn't signed with the Clippers. Spencer Dinwiddie, pretty pumped to see what happens there. I think if, if there's one signing that I'm most interested in is where Spencer Dinwiddie goes. Injury from last year, we'll see how he recovers from that coming up in this next year. Pumped to what see that. Injury? Um, I'm pretty sure he like tore his MCL or ACL. One second. Um, or it might have been his Achilles Dinwiddie injury. Come on. Boop, boop. ACL. Dang. But uh, um, players these days have been able to recover from uh, those kind of injuries a little better than in the past. And I think even him, not as good as he has been, is still a notable addition. Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. um, And I've heard people like, laugh at me and be like they're in the NBA of course they're a good basketball player but I always think like when I say like that guy's got game and I'm talking about an NBA player you I'm mean him compared to him. other NBA players of course not compared yeah. to everybody and uh uh because the worst player in the NBA would like bust a regular person's ass you know yep. on the court um but and for any wait, just really quick, and for anyone that doesn't believe that, just go watch um, Brian Scalabrini's recent video of him playing against regular people. Um, if you don't know yeah. who it's Brian, right? Um, Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. If you don't know who who he is, it's because he never really played in the NBA, but he destroys everyone when he's not playing against NBA players. Sorry, I, I interrupted for, your point. For for I was just listening to Matt Barnes. I was listening to a uh, the podcast All the Smoke. Uh, with Matt Barnes and uh, uh, Stephen Jackson, and uh, they were talking to, to it was the episode with Michael Rappaport, and they were talking about um, like they were talking about that, um, and they said uh, like believe us, people, like basically they were like take it from us. I promise you the worst player in the NBA would totally bust your ass, you know? So. I agree. Like most college players would destroy me. (laughs) 
having played at Vasa Fitness and played against some of those UVU players that will show up there on occasion, I can attest, and they, they will and destroy they, you. They were talking about Brian Scalabrini because Rappaport brought him up and they were like, the white mamba, you know, and because uh, um, everybody used to joke about how good Scalabrini was, even though he wasn't that good. But um, he he was pretty skilled, you know, and he had plenty of size. And they and uh, Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson know about him and have played against him. And they said, like, he's a really smart, like, savvy player, you know. Yeah. We shall see. Um, and then other free agents. Uh, I don't know. None of these are like. Reggie Jackson. It'll be fun to see where he goes. He uh, definitely earned some money in the playoffs this year. Oladipo is still a free agent. Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder, Danny Green, Laurie Markkinen. There's still some mm-hmm. players that can have impact. It's just a matter of who's going to who's going to be willing to pay the ultimate price for them. Be- uh, mm-hmm. Because it kind of feels like it's cooled down a little bit after the first, I think Monday is when free agency started. It seems to have cooled down after last night. Some things have been coming in that I've been paying attention to, but overall, there doesn't seem to be any rush for anybody to go and get uh, any of these people who are remaining. I'm sure, there's a, there's probably reasons for that. There's a lot of negotiating going on with these. These aren't the slam dunks. These are the all right. Let's kind of figure it out. And there might be some players here who are like, let me weigh my options. But teams are yeah. filling up fast. That you caps know, I, being um, met by a lot of teams. So I, I want to say something about spoiled. New York Knicks fans, uh, or just there, I feel like a lot of New York Knicks fans have kind of like a, a snobby attitude, like, um, they're because I, I feel like their team, the Knicks have made great strides and are now like an exciting team in the NBA and have a really bright future and have one of the best players in the league. And they're completely one of the best like, regular season players in the league. Continue. He did great in the playoffs. Oh, are you talking about Derrick Rose? <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> oh, who are, you t- who are you talking about then? Oh, Taj Gibson. Julius yeah, Taj Randall. Gibson is. Very- oh, Julius Randle. I, I, I forgot about him because I didn't even notice him playing in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, um, he, uh, anyway, so, um, you know, them getting Kimball Walker, um, I think that's a really good pickup. Um, I believe they got Evan Fournier too. Interesting. You see, you see Kemba as a, uh, I'm just nervous. Like every, every Celtics fan was last couple of seasons, what his production is going to be throughout an entire season doesn't seem to be able From to stay healthy. To yeah. yeah. But uh, um, I think that was a solid um, pickup for them because apparently they don't have a lot of like cap space to go out and get some really big name player. And considering that, I think they got some good players, some players that, that are uh, actually good basketball players they're not like um, they're they're not superstar players, but they're 
like Kimball Walker is a good basketball player, you know, he's oh, a good NBA yeah. player. And uh, he averages 19 points a game and he's not even as good as he used to be, you know? Um, so, and it's hard to even average 20 points in the NBA, I think. So like, that's difficult, you know, to average 20 points in the NBA, I think. And Kimball Walker's right around there for what he averages in points. Um, but I think they got some solid players in Fournier. The Knicks got some solid players in, in Fournier and Kimball Walker, some very good players, um, considering they don't have a lot of money to go out and get a big, big name player, you know? I'm going to make – this is my bold prediction for this podcast. The Knicks – Regular season win percentage will be lower next year than it was this year. Why would you say that? I don't like it, it, this season because of how quickly we had to start. I think that they, they just benefited from in the regular season playing against teams that didn't have a full strength roster. Mm-hmm. And we saw in the playoffs how useless Julius Randle was. I think he's going to kind of carry that in. And his defense, yeah, and his defense, Julius Randle had never played in the playoffs before. And considering that, I think he did pretty darn well, especially in the closeout game. Um, Trey Young, my friend, both of them had never played in the playoffs before, and somebody showed up for the Madison Square Garden stage. Somebody had a much better team than the other one, though. You have to admit that. Yes, I think I can. I think I can concede, concede that. But like, it wasn't just, like Julius Randall played terrible. <laughs> but Julius Randall was the guy on that team, and he had never played in the playoffs. Like Trey Young, I get that he's the face of that franchise, but he has one of the best rosters. He has one of the best supporting casts around him in the entire league. Like, that is not so uh, in Julius Randle's case. So he was inexperienced in the playoffs. And even though they were a really good defensive team, like, he was the guy um, who was carrying the heaviest load on that team, he was their leader. And like compared to somebody like Trey Young's Atlanta Hawks, you know, um, uh, Julius Randle's team doesn't even compare like talent wise. So in my opinion, so like Trey Young is awesome and everything. And I don't want to uh, not give him credit for being a great player because he is. And, uh, and he did great. And, and also to your point, Stephen, sorry for interrupting. Like Julius Randle, once again, is a great basketball player. Like he, he can destroy me and whatever. I just, there are people who meet the moment. There are people who don't. And I understand. And it's fine. He He's going to have a great life. Like, I, I hope it doesn't come across. Like, I, I hope that he just stews all the time about how terrible he is. Like he he's gonna have a better life than me. The he's dude already, he's, averaged twenty points, ten rebounds, and five assists for like yeah. a long time last season. 
and as a bat, like as a basketball fan and someone who loves it, like would I switch places with him? Absolutely. I'd love to play in the NBA. That being said, yeah. that's not the reality of the thing. We just judge people based on what we see on the court and what I have seen on the court uh, is media mediocrity in the, in the best sense of the word. I think that Julius Randall is a very mediocre player in the NBA, which makes him means he is better than 150, 200 players in the NBA, probably more than that, but like, that's where he is. He's in the top hundred for sure. But I don't know if I would necessarily put him, uh, put him in like the top 25 or top 30. Um, he's not, he's not that level, even though everyone was talking about getting him the MVP. Hey, hey, hey. I would definitely put him in the top 30. Do you want to, do you want to do this right now? Do you really want to do this, Steven? Do we have to go through the 30 players that are better than Julius Randle? <laughs> I'm saying if you go team by team and pick the best player on every team. Nope, that's not it. That's not it, dude. It's because, for example, I would rather have LeBron James right now and Anthony Davis. I'd rather have those two. So that's and then I'd, I'd rather have Steph Curry. I would rather have Clay Thompson. I would rather have Damian Lillard. I would rather. But those see, are those are very established players. He's a guy. Julius no, Randall no, no, that's not, but that's not the argument that we're having right now, Stephen. This the argument we're having is is he a top 30 player in the NBA? And the answer is no, he is not. All right, all right, all right. No, you win. He's not. Uh, but he's the best player on the Knicks. Probably. Um, yeah, I I think I can agree with that. He it was definitely Derrick Rose in the playoffs, but you're right. For the entire season, Julius Randle was the best player. Yeah, if they in didn't the Eastern have Conference. Randall, if they didn't have Julius Randle on their team uh, last year, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. No way. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. I agree with that. I agree. And with that. I think Julius Randle is a rising star in the NBA. I forget. Like he's, he's gotta be young too, right? Yes. He's very young. 26. So he's got a, probably a solid another six, seven years of, uh, of high performance. At least, at least. Man, I don't. But that being said, I am so excited to be wrong, Stephen. If I if I'm being honest, because I like Julius Randle, I think that he real. I I wish he was on the Lakers. <laughs> like I I wish that he they would have. The I know he. I know that he was. I wish that they would have been able to find a way to keep him over some of the other talent they had. He was just on a really crappy team with Kobe just showboating for the last couple of years of his career. I don't think that was great for him. He was able to go make a name for himself in new Orleans. Uh, and then it's, it's kind of like what we're seeing with Brandon Ingram. Although once again, at least Julius Randall's made it to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, Julius Randall, I think has, has now become one of the, one of the elite players in the game. I can honestly say, I think he's one of the best, one of the one of the best in the NBA, and that can be backed up by numbers and and. Um, Where would you put him, Stephen? Like, uh, so we agree that he's probably not top thirty players, but I'm pretty confident he's definitely in the top fifty, if not the top forty. I think he's barely outside of the top thirty, honestly. I'll say top forty at least. And what I'd say as well, he is probably the best. I'd have to look through a lot of these, but best talent to salary ratio he doesn't make a ton of money like he's well, a pretty he's, he's a steal yeah but uh but he he was awesome last year 
I expect them to build on that next season. And they got some solid uh, pieces. Um, they picked up some some good players um, to to put on that team. Um, and I was impressed with who they were able to get, considering they don't have a lot of money to get players. You know. So I got another question for you, Stephen. Who is the biggest loser as of right now? Obviously, things could change. Biggest loser after the draft and after this these first couple of days of free agency. Um, I know I'm putting see. you on the spot. I can answer. I can go first if you want to have some time because I have I have my two: one in the Eastern Conference, one in the Western Conference. Do you want me to go first? Stay. Yeah, okay. you go. Eastern Conference: Boston Celtics. Western Conference, Portland Trailblazers. Oh, yeah. No, those, those are good. That's good. Because Boston lost Kimba and Fournier. Fournier hurts. I'm not sure Kemba does as much, but it's still talent. It's still uh, it's still someone who could play a role. I think the one good thing potentially that the Celtics could see is getting some more playing time for Pritchard. Um, he showed some flashes of not greatness. He, he showed some showed flashes some of goodness. Left. Yeah, he showed a lot of promise. So we'll see how that goes. And then if you want to keep Damian Lillard happy, I don't know what the Portland Trailblazers point, are working on right, right now. At this point, I think the Trailblazers should just wave the white flag, let Damian Lillard leave, try to get what you can for him, and just rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they got someone. I forget who they got. I'm forgetting his name right now. North <laughs> Norman Powell. Norman Powell. Resign Norman Powell yeah. for a shiz ton of money. I'm like Norman, like they're gonna. Be, it's, he's like one of those people who are like, yeah, you're good, but you're not worth that much money if you're looking to compete. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not pumped on the decisions that they've made. So we'll see what happens. But those are my two, the two biggest losers right now in the NBA free well, agency. The Trailblazers actually have a history as a franchise of making bad decisions, I think. But uh, um, they, I think, have had a pretty successful history in the in their franchise, but they also like tend to bet on the wrong horse. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, like they drafted Greg Odom when he had a when he came into the league with a back injury during the draft, oh, and then Brandon Roy too. Well, Brandon, in their defense, no, 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 Brandon I'm not, Roy, I'm not. I, that wasn't. Uh, I'm just saying that they've had some bad luck. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no, he got because he had injury problems too. But I'm just saying that was something that, like, they couldn't have seen that coming. I think you know. Whereas with Odin. Like he was injured when they got him in the draft, and and like of course they famously drafted Sam Bowie when he had uh, he missed uh, the equivalent of two years in his college career. Um, he was out recovering from like knee injuries and stuff, and they still drafted him over Michael Jordan, dummies. <laughs> And then, and then Bill Walton, 
was one of the all-time greats and uh, and brought them their first and only championship in the history of their franchise. And in his in his short-lived prime, Bill Walton was one of the best centers that ever played in the NBA. But um, he had he had injury issues too, you know. Um, so like they passed up on a sure thing in Kevin Durant to get injured Greg Oden. Then they passed up on Michael freaking Jordan to get Sam Bowie, who had injury issues like almost his entire time in college, even though he was a good player. Like, you know, I wouldn't have bet on that horse. And then, um, and then uh, they just have a long history of like, Kind of bad luck and bad decisions. Anyway. Man, but um, we'll see what happens. I feel like Portland's such a great fan base. They don't really have a whole lot, right? I mean, I think they have a soccer team and a basketball oh, team. Do they? So yeah, it's kind of the extent. It's why people love the jazz so much. We only have a soccer team. I mean, technically we have a professional rugby team and like a, like a semi-pro hockey team, but it's just the jazz out here. So I understand the plight of the, of the Portland fan. Hey, at least the Utah jazz have been one of the best teams in the NBA for a long time. They've been one of the, one of the great teams in the NBA, you know? So Utah, they really only have the Utah Jazz, but but like the Jazz at least have a long history of having great players and having a lot of success, you know. Yeah. Um, so y'all should be proud that you have the Jazz. Well, no, I, I've. It's impressive to just have a team that makes the playoffs as regularly as it does in a small market. Um, as much as I like hate on the Jazz and like low key never want them to win because they're in the West and I prefer my Lakers to win. Obviously, of course. I they put they have a good product. Like there's sometimes where they aren't making the playoffs, but nobody comes here in free agency. Um, they're lucky that they re-signed Conley, but they got that via trade. And then they get some, yeah, I think like Rudy Gay or something like signed with the Jazz. There was like some weird, let me just double check that to make sure. Like, so they can get these players who are about to leave. Yep. Signed with the Jazz who are about to oh, really? they got be Rudy in the Gay. twilight of their career. I think even though Rudy Gay is an older player, um, I think Rudy Gay has had a pretty good career for a guy who's not like a Hall of Famer, you know? Yeah. He's very uh, average. He used to be above average, but yeah. Yeah, he was good. Well, I mean, he's one of those guys who would be on crappy teams like the Kings and then the Spurs post-Duncan and would but kind of ball well. out. He did well for yeah. the Spurs. But I mean, I, I, it's one of those things where uh, it's kind of like what you said. I know that all these basketball players are better than me, and so I, I, I concede that. But at the same time, like if you're, if we're talking about greatness, this is what's really weird, Stephen. I had this like epiphany. I get it. You're comparing them to the rest of the to who they're playing against. Play. This epiphany of just like maybe I already told you this, but like who were the players in the seventies, eighties, sixties? I would say maybe the nineties, who were like the Rudy Gays 
like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like players that were like there were a probably, lot of like, Rudy Gay's. Like, is that like is is Rudy Gay like Mitch Richmond, or is that too harsh towards Mitch Richmond? You know what I mean? That's too harsh toward Mitch Richmond. Okay, fair. So Mitch Richmond was a higher caliber player than Rudy Gay. Like it's it's just hard for me to kind of make those comparisons because now I have like I think Richmond Richmond's prime was short lived, but in his prime he was without question one of the elite players in the NBA, and he led the Kings to the playoffs. He was part of Run TMC, one of the best trios in NBA history, even though they didn't win the championship. Um, Mitch Richmond was really good, you know? I've been watching a lot of, uh, lot of old basketball games, and it's been really fun. Um, I've been, I do like, that all dr- the time. Dream Team 92, Dream Team 96. Um, like, mm-hmm. just some, like the short 10 minute, only the highlight games of like eighties and nineties basketball. It's been, uh, it's been I watch, fun. I watch whole on it. I'm not trying to, um, toot my own horn here, but this is just true. Like ever since I was, um, almost for as long as I've been watching the NBA, I watch like retro games and stuff for fun. And so I've grown up watching the old retro Jordan and Larry Bird and the Showtime Lakers and all that, you know. So a lot of times when I refer to something that happened in the game in like the 80s or something like that, there's a lot of times where I saw that game, you know. Um, like Jordan's 69-point game against the Cavaliers. Um, uh, uh, I saw that one. I've seen that one more than once. Um, <laughs> Craig Elo, sometimes I feel so bad for him, but like at the same time, I don't feel that bad for him because he did have a long and pretty successful career for how good he was. But like Jordan was always busting his ass, you know? Yeah. Uh, cause I was watching one yesterday. It was game seven, 2000 Western conference finals, Portland trail blazers versus the Lakers. And it's crazy how like the, what ifs in NBA history, what if Portland doesn't blow a 16 point lead in the fourth quarter in game seven to beat yeah. the Lakers, do the Lakers win the next year or the year after that? Or does it implode kind of right after that season? I've heard, I've heard, uh, players from that time who were playing during that time in an episode of the show open court talk about that. And uh, like Reggie Miller was an elite player at the time. He was one of the best players in the league. Chris Weber was one of the best players in the league. They both were, you know, the leaders of their teams, the face of their franchises. And um, like Steve Smith was there, Smitty. Uh, Shaq was there. So like a lot of players that played during the time that that game took place, you know, during that era, um, they, they were able to talk about that game and like what probably would have happened if the Lakers would have lost that game and Chris Weber and like, I think Reggie Miller were both in agreement that if, uh, Chris Weber said, 
if the Lakers would have lost that game seven in 2000, they were breaking that team up, you know? And, uh, uh, and I heard somebody else on the, on, on the panel be like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think they were going to, and, uh, everybody thought the Lakers were going to lose that game. Like everybody on that panel, they watched that game when it happened. And Reggie Miller was like, Reggie Miller said, like when they were up 15 with like five minutes ago, he started already thinking about, okay, like, I guess we're playing the trailblazers. So let's see, Scotty Pippen likes to do this, Rashid Wallace did, you know, and, and, um, and he's like preparing to play the trailblazers because he's pretty convinced that the Lakers aren't going to come back. And then in like five minutes, they went, they came all the way back and won a regulation. Like it's one of the craziest games ever. And if they wouldn't have won that game, uh, that team probably, that dynasty would have been broken up. Man, and like, what would that mean for, like, does Kobe ever, I don't like, it's, it's, that's why it's a what if, like, does Kobe ever win the two championships with Gasol? Like, does Kobe ever win a championship? Does Shaq ever win a championship? Uh, It drastically, it definitely uh, uh, drastically changes NBA history. Yeah. Because that Blazers team, like I was like, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm naming players who are like good, like like Bonzi Wells, dudes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was gonna say Zidrudin Selglaskis, but that's not his name. Um, what's a uh, big guy's name? You should know. His son plays Sabonis. Um, Arvidas Sabonis. He had this pass, this no look, just little like dish pass to uh, I think it was to Scottie Pippen for a three, and I was like, holy cow. The things that you forget, man, the things that you forget about like certain players, like that was a really good team. <laughs> I was telling you before when we were talking about uh, DeMontis Sabonis, about how his father was really good, you know? Man, it's just love basketball. Uh, well, so just really quick, um, Stephen, any other, any other things that you want to, that you want to mention in terms of basketball right now, we're probably going to move to our regular going back to just some, like some NBA history podcasts over the next few weeks. Um, anything for current NBA you want to go over? Um, I'm excited uh, about, I like the moves that the Knicks made uh, considering they didn't have a lot of money to go out and get players they pick up some solid players with what the money they had to work with. You know, I think Fournier and Kimball Walker are really good, solid pickups for a team like New York. They're smart basketball players. They're experienced. They're exactly the kind of players that Thibodeau uh, would, would uh, like, you know, and, um, and uh, I like, that the Bulls most likely, if they can keep their core relatively healthy next season, the Bulls uh, are a playoff team, I think. And I like it when uh, certain markets are good in the NBA, uh, particularly in markets where their fans are huge uh, basketball fans. And the people in Chicago like uh 
basketball is huge in, in Chicago. It's a big sport in Chicago. And there's a lot of great players, basketball players that come out of Chicago. Dwayne Wade's from Chicago. Derek Rose is from Chicago. Obviously, uh, Michael Jordan's from North Carolina, but like he's Michael Jordan, you know? Um, and, uh, so they have a history of great basketball in their city and not just on the NBA level. Uh, that's a basketball city, you know, Chicago. And so, um, I'm happy that they have a good team again. Also, um, I, I know a lady who's from the Chicago area and, uh, she like went has been to a lot of during the Jordan era with Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and all those guys and Horace Grant, you know, when they were winning championships, she used to be like a season ticket holder or something, uh, her family. And, uh, they used to go to games all the time. And so, um, you know, I, I, talk to her a lot about like uh, the bulls and stuff. Whenever I bring up the bulls, she'll be like, you know, I love it when you mention the bulls or, or she'll, she knows about the history and stuff. So it's really fun to talk to her. And um, her name's Jay. And uh, so like, you know, even if I didn't know her, I would still be excited about what Chicago did. But, you know, I, I think about my friend Jay and I'm like, um, uh, just excited for her, you know, because Chicago has a good playoff caliber basketball team again. Yeah, I hope so. It's good. It's good when you have the major cities competing for the, for the game. We saw that with New York this year. And in particular, I think it's good when you have cities where the fan base loves the sport, you know? Yes. Anyways, well, awesome. Well, Stephen, thanks a ton for uh, for chatting with me today and to all the listeners out there. Are we going to do the 80s next week? Stephen, I'm trying to close the podcast. I hit stop recording, and then we talk about our schedule. Come on, man. You're you're professional at this, Stephen. We always... We always do my clothes, and then we have a five-minute conversation afterwards to see where you and I Sorry. can both get better. Like, what's what's going I on, apologize. man? What's go- it's what's, it's only been uh, eight days since we did the podcast, and it's like you've forgotten everything, man. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I apologize. I think I had we've had a good uh, quality content in this episode. I agree. And the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Give us one more chance to change your mind.